you have to imagine crazy things in order to take the next steps. It all begins with imagination. Welcome to What the If. Philip Shane here, documentary filmmaker, consumer, believer in, fan of, lover of science. Matt Stanley, my co-host, uh, erstwhile co-host, is on assignment this week. He is finishing up with his latest book. He's a historian of science, so this will be some exciting chapter in the history of science coming out whenever he finishes that. Sitting in the professor chair tonight is one of my favorite people in the world who I admire deeply, Clifford Johnson. How are you, Clifford? Great. Dr. Johnson, I presume. Fantastic to be here. Uh, likewise. I'm really, I'm really happy to have you here. I'll just say a little bit about you, and then you can sort of fill in how you, how you self-identify. I know you, as I also know Matt, from a documentary about Einstein. That we all did. And you you are a star of science television. If if you if you in our audience, and I know you guys like science shows out there, you have probably seen Clifford on television. You've been on the universe in particular, right? Was a show on the History Channel? Uh the universe for you know, which for uh, for a while was probably the longest running show on science in the US. But yeah, that was one. But I, I've been on pretty much any any one of those science documentary type things that you you've heard of on various channels, you know, Nova and things on Nat Geo and Science and Discovery and all of those things. Uh, sometimes I, I I try and help where where people will have me. So it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, <laughs> likewise. And you also uh, have an exciting career, occasional occupation as a science consultant for television and movies? Uh, well, entertainment in general. So, so, for example, I just finished giving some very detailed help on a book that will come out probably next year, trying to help out in, in various places where people uh, can enrich their storytelling with science. Awesome. Wow, that's cool. And longtime listeners of What the If, our fellow ifers, and if you submitted any ideas, or if you've listened a long time, we call you a master ifer, <laughs> have heard me talk many times about your graphic, I wouldn't call it, it's not graphic novel, I how call, do you describe it? I call it a graphic novel. I, okay, I graphic I, novel, yeah. Well, the term is confusing um, to lots of people, but actually, if you look into the history of the novel, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily anything to do with fiction. So I use the term non-fiction graphic novel which confuses people because, you know, for a while I tried saying graphic book, but then it has other connotations and nonfiction graphic novel is the best term, I think. And in fact, it is a very novel nonfiction graphic exactly. novel. That was, the, that was the, that was the actual <laughs> meaning of, of novel in the original sense, uh, which uh, only later on, if I recall, got attached to, you know, a prose book with fiction. So I think the novel aspect 
uh, this this thing that people could take around with them and read and talk to each other about it gets gets to be applied to to graphic books as well. I mean, call it the graphic novel. Very cool. And the title is The Dialogues? And it's called The Dialogues, Conversations About the Nature of the Universe. By Clifford Johnson and, and uh, available... In all good bookstores. In all good bookstores across the universe. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. At least the universe here on Earth that we know of that has bookstores. But yes, also online. It's published by MIT Press. But if you just go into a bookstore and ask for it, and if they, if they don't have, it, have any on the shelf already, order some and get them to have them on the shelves. Yeah. I got to say, it's right right here in, in Brooklyn, in, oh. in our local uh, store. It's still there. Great. And thanks yeah. for telling everyone about it. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a wonderful book and great way to learn science. And so that brings us to the magical kingdom of what the ifs, where we combine. It's not magic and science that we combine. It's a, we use imagination to learn science. Scientists do that too. I mean, we, you have to imagine crazy things in order to take the next steps. You, you, you have to form, uh, you have to take a leap. You have to come up with scenarios that, that are sometimes very much the same kind of scenarios you would in science fiction. Wow. And then you find ways of determining whether they actually do apply to the actual universe. But it, it all begins with imagination. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, whenever I talk about what the if or what if, I know from having studied writing science fiction that that's, that's what they tell you to do. Start with a big, a big what if. So here's a big one. What the if the solar system were in a perhaps inconvenient location inside the event horizon of a black hole so that it's a must be a very powerful black hole or very massive so that the hole itself is a somewhat safe distance away so that whatever rate we are uh, if we are falling in it's very slow so let's just imagine that and 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 just describe for those who don't know just super super simple what is when people hear the term event horizon or Schwarzschild radius, if you're really ambitious, what is that? People think of a black hole, they just think of the black hole. Well, it's, if, you, if you like, it's for, for all intents and purposes, if you're outside the black hole looking at this object, it is, it is the place where uh, stuff would be uh, last seen before it has gone from you forever, unless you choose to follow it. It is rather like watching a ship leave port and head out and you see it going toward the horizon. And then once it's gone past the horizon, you don't see it anymore. That's in some ways where the term came from. But in this case, at, at least in, in classical physics, it's a, it's a one-way one journey. The ship doesn't come back. Right. And isn't it that the, if we were to use that metaphor of a ship going over the horizon in the ocean, the instead of seeing the ship go all the way over the horizon and look kind of like it's descending uh, down, 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 and then gone, instead, the, an image of the ship would just freeze and stay there forever. Actually, yeah, it would, um, it would freeze, and in fact, it would also get redder and redder and redder. So it would actually it would disappear because the light would get what's called redshifted, 
away and the frequency would become lower and lower and lower till eventually it would fall outside the divisible uh, spectrum. Uh, oh, yeah. interesting. It, um, so, but, but yes, you, you never actually see it cross the horizon from your frame of reference. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Right. So if, if we are, um, we're going to go visit this solar system of ours, we've, we've been away. And while we were away, some, for some reason, the solar system kind of fell into a black hole or into the surroundings of a black hole and over the event horizon. But before we get there, as we approach this black hole that the solar system went into, it sounds like what we would see is a frozen image of the solar system that's turning red, depending on how long it's been since it went in. Yeah, depending upon how the black hole and the solar system first interacted with each other. But if, yeah, if, if it were in, in some sense to have, to have fallen in, then yes, the light you would be seeing would be, would be this, 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 this sort of late frozen image of that solar system. But, uh, you know, you'd, you'd probably, probably be aware that something funny was happening. Typically with black holes, they are, the the neighborhood is interesting because there's there's usually other other stuff around it and so you 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 may by watching what's going on with other objects begin to deduce that there's a black hole there right so even while we're far away we're like something's right. wrong in the neighborhood <laughs> right you 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 can slam on the brakes perhaps and yeah. and what might that be a like an, a disk accretion disk or for, well, for, for smaller black holes, um, yes, the most striking thing would be an accretion disk. A uh, smaller black hole would probably have formed in the neighborhood, perhaps, of a neighboring star. It may have been part of a binary system, and now the matter from that other neighboring star is falling into it and spiraling in. The accretion disk is formed by what are largely what are called tidal effects, the fact that the, the, the strength of gravity is changing rapidly near the horizon of the black hole. That is actually not the kind of black hole that you're probably thinking of. Oh, okay. For the solar system to be to have fallen into the black hole and to be largely intact and not have been ripped apart, it might seem weird, but actually the way to do that is to use a much larger black hole than the other. Right. The larger the black hole, the milder what are called gravitational tidal effects that are famous about black holes. The, the, the milder those are for the larger black holes. And so actually, in some ways, they're safer, at least at, at the point of entry. They're, they're, right. the, the, the doorway is less violent, as it were. But to, I realize I didn't finish my uh, description in answer to your original question. It, 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 uh, the horizon itself is for a, for a, for a typical, well, it, it would be uh, spherical or spheroidal in shape. So it's sort of like a, <clears throat> it, it looks like a, it, it, you know, it's a surface of some, some, some round object. And so you're approaching from all directions. That's what you'd see. Right, right. That's what we, we so are used to uh, imagining a black hole as a flat or relative, like, the, you know, it's a, the diagram of a black hole or something would be, a circle with perhaps a ring around it that represents the event horizon. And we're to think of that as a disk, but right. Of course it's, it's a sphere. And in fact, the black hole itself is a sphere. 
sphere, or if it's rotating, it would be flattened somewhat in a in in, in similar to to what to what the Earth is like if you looked at it closely. But um, uh, actually, I mostly blame the movies uh, and TV for these problematic descriptions of black holes where people think it's a, you know, black holes and also especially wormholes, which are close, Mm. but, but not real as far as we know it, uh, cousins of black holes. They, they, uh, they're very seldom depicted as they should be, which are, are three dimensional objects, um, you know, actual round with some depth. So, right. Right. In fact, one of the very few representations like that I've ever seen is in the movie Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, they they did a great job there. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's now we're going to shift our perspective to the Earth. We're on the Earth, and what kind of scenario would this have to have been? It sounds like the only way this could have happened would be that there was some huge black hole that the solar system, in its orbiting around the galaxy, let's say, got just too. Just a little bit too close to, and slipped into its sphere of influence. Yes, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so here's probably what what would have happened. This would have to be a really, really enormous black hole for the reasons I said. We probably would have maybe noticed it before. So my guess is that it was a it was a it was a wandering black hole from elsewhere. So maybe it formed for whatever reason elsewhere and uh it was in it was in uh, some complicated orbit with a bunch of other objects maybe in a totally other galaxy and then it got ejected as actually can happen with objects in 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 in, gravi- in a gravitational dance sometimes one of the one of the partners can get kicked out. So maybe uh, this super duper massive black hole got kicked out and unfortunately, it encounters our, 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 our star with its entourage of planets. Wow. Do we think there are wandering black holes? Let me put it a different way. It's hard to imagine why there wouldn't be. Oh, interesting. In the same way that it, it's hard to imagine that there aren't, you know, before we started discovering uh, the, the vast number of planets outside our solar system it would be it would be you know if someone said are there other planets outside our solar system you couldn't say yes but you'd go well it'd be hard to imagine why just our star would have would have planets and sure enough we're finding them in bucket bucket loads of them my suspicion is it would be the same with black holes and in the same way that there there are there are bodies that can get ejected out of solar systems or planet or, or or stellar systems some of those might also be black holes wow now this getting ever so slightly technical but just my mind went there so i'm just curious do we have a sense of the rate of creation of black holes in in the sky or it depends upon the kind of black hole i think probably someone who studies them in a real observational astronomer can probably give you a good number for the, given the stellar populations that we have, and as you may or may not know, there's a class of black holes that forms from the death of stars. So you can work out which ones are large enough, which one, what population of those are old enough that they're beginning to run out of fuel, and so on and so forth. And so probably there is a calculation, and there probably is an actual number that uh, an observational astronomer 
could tell you I, I'm not one of those, so I can't. But that is only a, that that's the part we know about. What we what we have been discovering. When I say we, I mean uh, the you know the 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 thousands of people in the various fields that that either work on black holes or are adjacent to black holes in some sense. What we have been discovering is that there are more kinds of black holes than we had thought of. So I think so. People right now are not sure what the what the what the the actual numbers are. Not the least because we're not sure what all the formation mechanisms are of these new kinds of black holes. So when you say different, do you mean different in that they were formed in different ways, yep. but their outcome leaves them all relatively same, or they're no, literally very, different? very, very different. Wow. So there are black holes that are, you know, forming from stars that aren't hard to imagine, you know, some, some, some tens of times the mass of our, uh, of our, of our sun. Um, those stars are massive enough that when they do run out of fuel, they probably will form black holes, which are, you know, of the order of masses of of, uh, of a star like our sun, or a bit heavier. So those are those are those are stellar black holes, as it were. Some decades ago, a whole new class of black holes was was discovered, and those are what are called the supermassive black holes, and those are millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, the mass of our sun. Hundreds of millions. Yeah, and and those wow. guys uh, are, are aren't uncommon. In fact, if you find a galaxy that probably is one at the core of of uh, of uh, of the galaxy, so our galaxy has such a such a black hole, and generically, galaxies seem to. In fact, people are now beginning to wonder whether black holes play an essential role. In, in the dynamics and the life and evolution of galaxies, you know, our homes. So black holes aren't just these sort of esoteric things we can speculate about. Our existence may depend on them in ways we haven't discovered yet. So that's really wow. cool. So what came first, the chicken or the black hole? Uh, well, the, the, you know, so people wonder about the, the, the formation of galaxies and things like that may owe their existence to black holes or at least be shaped a lot by black holes. But then there's a there's a whole new kind of class of black hole, which are the ones that were discovered by LIGO, a gravitational wave detecting detection machines, and these turn out to be several tens the size of our sun, and rather unexpected to say the least. And uh, these ones seem to be the ones that are. You know, those were the first ones to be discovered by watching them collide, by seeing what comes out in gravitational waves. And those are tremendously exciting. But it's not clear what the full population of those is. I think that that's one of the hugely exciting things that's going to happen in the next few years, because LIGO is going to turn back on with more sensitivity soon. It's going to be joined by machines like Virgo and a whole bunch of other gravitational wave detectors. So we're going to have a whole network of them which can really study far more of these things with much more accuracy. So we're going to learn, I, I, I suspect my answer to your question will be very different five years from now. Wow. I, I still am blown away by the fact that we can say, oh yes, well we've seen that with gravitational waves. Like, you know, it's been so long with that being a possibly fictional or just ima like imaginary 
kind of thing. And now it's, it's, it's real and being put to work. So was it that the, um, that size of tens, 10 times or tens of times bigger than the sun, was it that we didn't think that would be common or we didn't understand how that size would be created? It's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, they came unlooked for. You know, in principle, you can have a black hole of any size or any mass, but what you have to do is come up with mechanisms by which they would form at that mass. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we don't, we, we, we don't have enough knowledge of the full spectrum of possibilities. I, I think it's a safe way of saying it. My guess is that we will find that nature creates black holes of all kinds of sizes, a whole range of them. And uh, th- then the question is, what are the abundances? How, 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 you know, how frequently do they get made? Whatever those processes are. But that also means, uh, that I think includes the possibility that there you know, could be black holes that are very, very small, microscopic, oh. sort of medium-sized, uh, who knows, uh, you know, at various points in our universe's existence. Uh, we just... I, I think it's the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we're finding. Wow, that's incredible. And, and we've, st- you know, uh, knowledge about black holes and understanding of the mathematics has grown, but, you know, over time. But for instance, at the very center, we really don't understand uh, what's going the, on there. When you say the center, you mean the center of oh, the singularity? Hole. Oh, oh, I, 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 I think, it, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's better than that. Oh. And by better, I mean we know less. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. This scenario we've been talking about, uh, you know, a galaxy inside a, inside a black hole, that may be much stranger than we think. So uh. the idea of in, it, the black holes we know of from our best theory of gravity right now, which is Einstein's theory of general relativity, which has been remarkably well tested in, in various ways and tell, has talked to so much about the universe. That tells you that has been tested with, you know, as it pertains to black holes up to the horizon. So wow. It tells you that inside the horizon of a large enough black hole, you could have you know, a galaxy and you wouldn't notice. It would be just fine. Right. But that could be spectacularly wrong because, we, you know, we have never had any clues from that side of the horizon. So it could right. be full of, you know, golden teddy bears just floating around in the sky <laughs> as soon as you pass the horizon. And, uh, and you know, that's not in Einstein's equations. Um, and we just wouldn't, we, 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 we don't know that because we haven't tested that regime. So that so what if you're if you follow the equations they tell you that you have the black hole a large enough black hole stuff seems pretty reasonable near the horizon if you fall in it gets stretched and turned into spaghetti and all that stuff because the tidal forces aren't strong enough so you could go inside right. and then the next interesting thing would be as you approach the singularity and so, and then, so people thought, yes, the thing we really have to understand then is what happens at the singularity. The equations break down, so maybe there's new physics there. People for a long time began to think, well, that's where we have to 
find what the new physics is that takes over from, from Einstein. But uh, I would say in the last uh, little over a decade or more, people have begun to realize that actually, no, uh, we, we miss something. When mm. you start thinking about the, the, the quantum story of gravity, there are scenarios which are still being thought about, still being calculated. There are scenarios that suggest that, no, the black hole, the physics of Einstein doesn't get modified just deep in the singularity. It could get modified all the way out to the horizon. Wow. So the interior of a black hole may be completely different from, from what Einstein tells us. So it might not be that you could just pop, pop something inside there. It could be a, an incredibly different place. And that's for that, that increased scope of our ignorance, I find very exciting. Yeah. I, I just had this image of like, if, as you looked up at the sky, the stars are all lit up. So we, we can see stars, lots of stars if you're lucky. And of course, black holes would be dark. So you can't see them at all. If for just some reason you could turn them on, or if there was a filter you could put in front of your eyes to see all the black holes everywhere, it'd be incredible because you could just say, well, it's all these things. Like the stars, we know a lot about, right? And no story is done, but like we know quite a bit about st how stars uh, are formed and live and die. So you can look at all the stars and say, we know a lot about all those. But then there's this other class, all those other dots, we have no idea what's going on there. That's pretty amazing. I don't think, be, I'm always amazed when, and I've said this on many of previous episodes too, that I'm always astounded when I come, when I find something that we don't know a lot about. Not that I think we know everything, but like, it's, it's rarely emphasized the part that we don't know. We're going to watch a show at Nova or some documentary. It's going to be about a thing that we've learned how it works. Right. Because they need to, obviously because they need to have a title for the show. That's the problem. You right. <laughs> exactly. They can't just leave it uh, blank. <laughs> yeah. I I actually I think this has been done before, but I've I've always thought there should, there could be a show. What we don't know. Yeah, I, I actually think. Um, well, the problem is is that there are shows that they aren't called What We Don't Know, but they they. They talk about what we don't know, but unfortunately, what they do is they, they fill it in with, they fill what we don't know, those corners of unknown or unsure, they fill it with bullshit. Pardon my French. <laughs> right. And so unfortunately, that means that instead of getting exciting, exciting information about where the next new generation of scientists might be needed who might be watching or right, or just right. or just to just to just to um uh spike your excitement with that unknown stuff instead it gets filled with bullshit and so it, they use it as an excuse to uh exploit your ignorance um these kinds of shows and you know it does it i i won't name any uh you know it doesn't take too long to switch on to 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 some of these channels, yeah, yeah. including channels that actually also show great science shows, but they yes. also there's a lot of money yeah. to be made on these shows that exploit the unknown in ways that I don't think are helpful to science. Right, not to mention YouTube and and then there's like all that. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, well, where you can access all these shows too. So speaking of broadcasting, that's interesting. So go back to our our solar system is in this black hole. And 
like you said, we would have known it was coming and there was nothing we could do about it. And let's say that this happened. Not, the, the, we don't. We don't have the science fiction scenario of like, oh well, we all just left in our generation ships. And- right. Or we sent Bruce Willis to nuke it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis. He. The best he can do is a is a Quentin Tarantino type situation. That's on a very local level. Uh-huh. So he can handle some. He can handle a chainsaw and a motorcycle. Let's say. Or maybe a Mission Possible type situation, but he yeah he can't go into this yeah uh, cosmological he science fiction zone. He could hurt his zone. feelings a little bit with a, a well placed snarky remark. Um, right. Sure, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, just slow it down. Exactly. For a- <laughs> so a world without Bruce Willis. Talk about a what the if. <laughs> terrifying. So as that happened, um, as we crossed. The event horizon, I'm curious about, like, I know that, I think this is right, but tell me if I'm right. Once you're inside the event horizon, can you see out what's yeah. outside the black hole? Yeah, because yeah. Um, if you can fall in, so can light from stuff ah. that's already outside. So you would look out and not see anything. So again, this is provisional because this is the, this is, you know, I, you know, the result of Einstein's 1915 equations, and there may be a whole, a huge modification of this due, due to, to new research, as I said. Right. As far as we understand, you know, with the, with the classical black hole solution that you, that, that helps us understand the exterior of black holes that are really out there now, that same physics tells you that, yeah, if I'm inside one of these black holes, which is large enough that I don't have to worry about getting stretched, I can stand just inside the horizon and I would just see normal space. I would see stuff from elsewhere coming in. Wow. But we, but they couldn't see us anymore. Exactly. They would see a frozen image exactly. of us. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the light from me can no longer get out. Right, right, right. The image of me that they are seeing would be the, the light that came from me just before I fell in that that is that is that is still arriving and forming this very slowed down image of me falling in right so if you wanted to spy on the universe let's mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. if you like somebody there's a problem obviously with they have no way to get their information out to anywhere so maybe it's use, useless mm-hmm. but for them if you're in the black hole, you are looking out, yeah. but nobody knows you're even there. Yeah. Or they knew you were there at one point, but they have no idea what you did after that one moment. It's the perfect wardrobe uh, to hide in, in in a cosmic game of hide and seek, except for the fact that <sighs> the game never ends. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool. Forget Narnia. Right. <laughs> Just the black. So, and, um, so as the Earth crossed the event horizon let's say science you know you can listen to the radio or who listens to the radio anyway you you can watch television you you clifford johnson are on tv on uh, abc news and you're doing a live broadcast as the first part of earth is about to cross the event horizon mm-hmm. what would you report and would we see anything different it would not be a visually rich 
news <laughs> newscast. <laughs> right, right. So already the re- already they're just going back to their reality TV. <laughs> exactly. People are going well. Nothing to see here uh, because there would be nothing to see there. Again, for you know, with the caveats well, I said. Right. Uh, you, th- yeah. Unless some of the pictures that are beginning to emerge in current research turn out to be true. So let me tell you briefly about that, because that would change everything. Uh-huh. Very briefly. Right. And this, this goes back to the discovery uh, by, by Hawking in, in the early 70s that um, when you start combining quantum mechanics with the existence of uh, black holes, uh, some interesting problems appear. And that's because quantum mechanics basically doesn't play well with this, with this one-way this one way door. Mm. And so what you discover, without going into great detail, unless you, you want me to unpack it later on, what you discover is that black holes actually do let things out. For large black holes, it's at a very slow rate, and it's essentially just a, a form of, of what we would call in the trade thermal radiation. It's like a, it's like a warm glow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For black holes of astrophysical size, that is such a tiny effect that it's essentially, it's essentially zero. But in principle, in principle, it's happening. And when you, when you unpack it some more, as, as, as Hawking and then others began to, you realize that it tells you there's a problem with the whole theory of quantum mechanics. Oh, wow. Because uh, Hawking's calculation tells you that there's, there's, there's important, very vaguely put, there's important information contained in, in stuff that falls in. But eventually, in principle, it could all leak out in this radiation. The black hole eventually could evaporate away and be gone. And so all that information that went in comes out just as thermal noise. So you've lost some information. Uh, and that's not good. Because ah. in in a in a full in the full theory in any full theory of physics we've ever come up with, you do not lose, you do not lose information. Oh, see, I, I thought the, I thought it was that if I thought Hawking radiation meant that everything comes out, like eventually the black hole evaporates entirely, and then all the information is out. No. No, no. Hawking's uh-huh. original calculation tells you that that information, that stuff that comes out is thermal. What thermal means is that there's energy in it, but it has no structure. So the thing, you know, the, you know, important information about what constitutes an, an, an object at a fundamental quantum mechanical level, that all gets boiled away and, and is lost to the universe. And that should not happen. Wow. It should be converted from one form to another and in complicated processes. But um, Hawking, uh, Hawking's calculation was saying that that doesn't happen for black holes. What we, what we now think is that Hawking was wrong on two counts. One is that his, his calculation was only approximate. And if you do it carefully, you will find that it isn't just structureless information. There is, there is stuff in there which could eventually help you in principle reconstruct the stuff that fell in. But it turns out that that's not quite enough. In fact, it's now believed to be far from enough 
the, 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 the whole thing requires that you do a lot more radical damage to the classical image of a black hole, the classical notion of a black hole in order to save the information paradox for reasons I, I won't get into, but in some ways there isn't enough time for all the information to come out in this sort of slow leak sort of mechanism. Right. It's been, it's been proven mathematically. So that means that something about black holes that we, that we, that we, that we've held there for long, um, must be wrong. And the belief is, is that something changes at the horizon. So people are arguing over that now. But so, but so depending upon the scenario, the horizon actually could be a, a, a somewhat exciting place after all. Yeah. In which case the newscast when we're falling past the horizon of the black hole would, you know, would, would maybe have some fireworks. But perhaps the most radical in some ways, and to my mind, the most attractive, uh, proposal is what's called the fuzzball proposal. Ooh, the fuzzball, which is that a black hole is actually, um, the interior of a black hole is actually extremely complicated uh, to the ah. point where it is, it is, is in some sense a fuzzy mess. Whoa. That only looks like an Einsteinian black hole if you stay outside, but once you go inside, is a much more complicated place. And there's a there's a whole story to do with string theory and things like that. Oh, there we go. We've lost a bunch of listeners. Um, no, I said string theory. <laughs> oh, I too. Uh, not our audience. They tune in more. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do with uh, with uh, with with string theory and as to how that picture ends up coming about. But that would be another radical interior, a radical interior modification of the black hole, which would again say that, you know, what we would see as we're falling inside is very different from just ordinary space as suggested by the Einstein picture. That was a very long digression, but I just wanted to let you know that this really simple question, like with lots of things in science, yeah. really, really simple question like that. Is, is, is exciting, interesting. We don't know the answer and it's a subject of, of, of intense research right now. Yeah, no, that's cool. And, and I got to say that it, it's fun putting that, for instance, on this program because as an editor, I know that if I was interviewing a scientist and they get to the part where they start talking about what we don't know, and they might very well get excited as you are and say a lot about it, but ultimately in the editing, we're going to have to leave that out. You know, the little bit, it's like, well, because this is a show about this thing. Right, right. It's about black holes, so we got to tell you. Anyway, so I love it. What the if you let the unknown be known that it is unknown? Yeah, known unknowns. Known unknowns, exactly. Now, here's a strange thing. So we're on the Earth. It's crossing the event horizon. And if I'm on... Let's say we are on one side of the Earth. We're on the sort of backside as the Earth is going in towards the black hole, so crossing the event horizon. So let's say we're in the United States, and it's China that goes in first, and you're on the air. Why'd you pick China? Poor well, that's China. the other side of the Earth, isn't it? <laughs> or is that wrong? Is that a, is that a? No, go on. I'm just I'm just teasing you. <laughs> yeah. And it's a big target, I think. <laughs> it's China, Mongolia, Russia. It's all, it's all just going in. Uh -huh. And what would, like, 
For instance, would we slowly stop hearing radio transmissions from oh, that? Oh, well, that's a very good question. Uh, so if, if half question. the Earth is now... Good, good. Um, huh, I'd have to think about that. Um, the point, again, again, the issue is... The issue is that we are falling in with it, right? It, the, 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 que- the answer to the question is different. If, if we... If we stayed, if we were to stay outside, we would, um, indeed, we would, you know, stop receiving those signals, but we're ultimately going to fall in as well. Right. And so my guess is that, hmm. So let's say we're going very yeah. slowly, we're slowly enough very that very it slowly. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> to think about this carefully. What would we see? My, my, my initial, my, my, my first answer would be yes, we would, for a moment there, we would lose, we would lose, we would not get those signals from them because light can't get back out. Uh, the question is whether or not we catch up question is whether we catch up whether whether there's a delay or whether we just lose that i actually don't know the answer my guess is that we would actually notice we would lose contact with them for a while yeah yeah i thought i just thought also, i think i could clarify um because we're talking so much about event horizon and some people maybe may, may have been lost what basically the the effect of the event horizon is it seems to me is that if you had a river, let's say, flowing along, a big wide river, and in the middle, then it comes to a point where the river gets divided, and one side just continues off to the right as a river, but the left side goes over a huge waterfall, right? What the event horizon is, is essentially that place where Every atom, every, every molecule, or every person in every boat uh, winds up on a path that they're only going to go in that direction. There's no other escape, right? So the event horizon is comes from the idea that light, let's say a beam of light or particle, you know, photons are flying along through space. If some just get too close to the black hole, they're going to curve inward while the others are going to keep going or they'll get bent less. And so it's not a solid thing, obviously. And it's sort of like just a, it's like an estimating point in a way. You would have to, like you could put a thing there to find the exact event horizon. You could put something, let's say, that observes light and all the light, let's say, you know, let's say you're looking out and beams of light are coming at you and the beams of light to the right of you go to the right past your camera and then fall back into the black hole, whereas the others get to keep going, right? So that's the, the event horizon is this place where it's just gravity is pulling away those things. Um, it's like a ring of cheetahs that eat, eats the, 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 the slow-moving gazelle that's the event. If there was a sphere 
of cheetahs. And, and the faster ones get to keep going, right? You're too slow, gravity's going to pull you in. So as the Earth is slowly crossing this, how, uh, in fact, I've always been curious, how razor sharp is this event horizon that we always... It's it's razor it's sharp. It's it, it's it's uh, razor it's, sharp. It's a it's a it's a, it's a surface. It's a it's a two dimensional surface. So wow, yeah, a two dimension yeah two dimensional surface. But the the deflection. I guess maybe here's what I'm trying to get at. I guess I realize the image of it. The deflection. You know, if you have two beams of light traveling along, and one just gets a little too close to the black hole and so it ends up being pulled in across the event horizon and it will eventually go down to the black hole and the other one got to stay out and kept going they would uh oh here's what you're saying so if that one that fell in if it had just been like one atom's width or a right. photon's width right to the outside the black hole it would have survived mm -hmm. that's the event horizon yeah. yeah so in that sense it's razor thin now there are you know there are trajectories when you look at the sort of trajectories i think you have in mind yeah there are tra trajectories where it it the black hole sort of bends that beam of light but it manages to escape and then there's that other beam which would have fallen in but then there's a whole bunch of others that are would be really really close and they would end up just skirting the black hole and maybe actually circulating it uh, a, f a few times before they uh, before they go around. But again, a lot of that stuff is pertains more to you know black holes that are you know you can get your arms around in the sense that they're not as big as this one. Um, so the kinds of things I had in mind in answering your Earth question are more things that are, are sent sort of perpendicular to the falling in. Sorry, not perpendicular, along the direction of falling in. So you're falling in sort of radially. Now you're sending light beams from one side of the Earth to the other, saying, hey, here we are. We're, we're watching, you know, reality TV or what have you. And yeah, unless I've missed something, I think there'd be a break in the transmission. Now, would the Earth be torn apart? No. Well, for the reasons we discussed, we're using a large enough black hole that we don't have right. tidal forces. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. And so, so what, just to explain what tidal forces are, that's a, that's a different issue. That's to do with the fact that the strength of gravity is changing when you have a, a, a massive object. So we have it right here on Earth, right? The strength of gravity is, is stronger here on the surface of the Earth from how strong it is if we're, say, at the orbit of the moon or the orbit of you know, one of our communication satellites. For, for black holes of these sorts of masses, sort of the mass of the Earth, the mass of the Sun, that sort of thing, the rate of change, the difference in strength of gravity from one point to another is huge, to the point where an object, say, the size of a human being, would feel a very different pull of gravity, say, on their feet as compared right. to their head. So right. that would mean you stretch. And so the, yes. famous, the famous picture of people being spaghettified yes. by black holes is because yes. of that, that tidal force, that difference between the strength of gravity in the neighborhood of that object. But for a really, really large black hole, 
even though overall it has more mass and you would think more gravity, but near the horizon of it, which is now much further out, it's the tidal forces are actually not as bad. Ah, oh, it's pleasant. Quite pleasant to the point yeah. where, unless you were, you know, listening to transmission of signals and stuff, you, you wouldn't notice that uh, you'd fall on it. Right. Sort of like that part of there is a, there's a Niagara Falls, this gigantic thing. Like if you're close to that, you know you're about to go over. But if you're really far upstream, mm-hmm. you're just moving along and you may or may not know that you are headed right. for doom. Actually, that's a great, that's a great, um, that's a great, uh, that's ex- actually what I usually use when I'm describing what a, what an event horizon is. And, and it explains completely this business of not noticing. Ah. Imagine you have a river that, that is, is so upstream. It's not flowing super fast. Right. Right. You're a pretty good swimmer. Uh, you have a top speed at which you can swim. Uh huh. But the river sort of gets narrower as it gets towards, uh, as it goes down valley. And then eventually there's a waterfall. Now, as it goes narrower, the speed of the river in- would increase. Okay. You know, that's just conservation of water. And, uh, and so it's going to be flowing faster further downstream. So if you're floating down the river with your, with your floaties, okay, you would not notice the point at which you went past the point at which the rate of flow is such that you could not swim upstream anymore. You wouldn't right. notice it. It would just be a regular, like a regular situation. But there yeah. is one thin, infinitesimally thin line that if you wow. cross that line floating down the river, then you would not be able to swim back upstream and you would go over the waterfall. So that yeah. is your event horizon. So an event horizon is not an arcane thing at all, if you think about it in those terms. Wow. The fact that nothing particularly crazy or noticeable would happen by uh by an event at, at an event horizon as you cross it is precisely it's precisely that that would be the situation where you're it's a large enough black hole so there aren't these tidal forces that would start stretching everything and ripping stuff apart that is the clearest explanation and image of the event horizon i've ever heard great so i miss i'm sorry i missed the show where you gave that if you did i i i've never done a show where i've, I've talked about that see you're holding the, you, that you saved i've been holding the good stuff back right you gotta you gotta go to usc <laughs> so you can get the real goods <laughs> and and just another thought would be that you know i could imagine along the river there are uh meters a little display and a meter that's measuring how fast the water is going at that point right and if you know I, the, my maximum swimming speed is 10 miles an hour. I don't know what, what, how that works out. But let's say 10 miles an hour. Then there's a meter that says the water is going 10 miles an hour here. Right. Yeah. And then you would know right. if you cross that, right. you're doomed. At that point, start swimming back because you will not be able to. It's too late. Yeah, the point of no return. For some reason, my, uh, when I, I remember riding planes. When I was, for, you know, first, times I, first few times I got to ride a plane, I was very little. And I'm sitting with my grandfather, and he loved to point out all the details, which, which I have grown to absolutely love about planes and flying. But there was one that I always thought he delivered with extra relish. And that was, he'd say, you know, as you go down the runways, you achieve certain speeds. They, they say V1, 
you know, they've reached V1, which is the place where they can now start to pull up or whatever. And then there's V2, which is the, you're going a certain speed and you only have so much distance left on the runway that right. you must go into the air. Right. You have no choice, right? Yeah. And he would always say, the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> you're committed now. <laughs> yeah. Point of no return. So to this, I mean, you know, he's been gone a long decades. And to this day, when I'm on a plane and I, you know, I look out the window and I just see, well, yep, point of no return. <laughs> and so that's the event arrest. All right. So another strange thing that would happen as the Earth is crossing that event horizon is that we would be, for instance, if we saw anything you saw that was now over the event horizon would become frozen and start slowly turning red until you caught up with it yeah so so the, the 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 thing that i was calling the red shift would be somewhat different if you're moving toward um mm -hmm. moving towards it so you wouldn't uh, that freezing and that that red shifting actually would not be that would not be uh, a major feature you're, you're you're falling in pretty immediately after you're, you're falling in at pretty much the same rate as the uh as the other side of the earth and it's a large enough black hole that I think the, the that slowing down and redshifting would be negligible on that scale. So then, and, and then as we go a little bit further down the line, I imagine at a certain point, the pull of the black hole is going to be stronger than the pull of the sun. So the planets would start going further and further out. From the sun. Well, um, ag yeah. Again, depending on the size of the black hole, it would it would disrupt the orbital dynamics of our existence. Right. Solar there system. is a point where that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would. I would. Um, again, uh, it's it's tricky. Uh, it depends really on on the scales. If it's a huge black hole. You know, you can imagine a situation where it essentially is, you know, the, 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 the what you, what you might think of as the, the rest of the mass, most of the mass of the black hole is still so far away. Right. Uh, uh. That it's, it's not like this other point like object that, that the other things are going to try and orbit around. But eventually that picture breaks down we're, we're, you know we're getting more and more into the unknown as we get closer and closer to the interior uh, into the deep interior of the black hole mm -hmm. i think they're going to be far more crazy things happening in there like what yeah then uh, well i don't know oh, then, oh right um, then 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 worrying <laughs> then worrying about whether oh no we don't have jupiter anymore it's it's gone to orbit something else yeah there'll be other things to worry about <laughs> I think that one of the scariest, I've never, I don't think I've seen this happen, but I could imagine one of the scariest things that could ever happen on TV would be the anchor or the reporter turning to the scientist and saying, so what's, what's going to happen now? And the scientist saying, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know. But he would be very, that, that he or she, that scientist would be very excited. Very excited. Uh, you know, here's the thing. The black hole that we've been using so far for this scenario, we've, we would have had to have made it so large for, to turn off the tidal effects that actually 
for our lifetimes and the lifetimes of several generations of human beings, we're going to be just fine. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be, we, you know, things would pretty much be allowed to go on as normal. We would just have to write a different, you know, message to our descendants about, about the of uh of 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 their of, of their existence right right because, right because you know there's there's this there's this event horizon uh, that we're now inside but from the point of view of that local patch of space that we'll be in for thousands of years even if we're traveling toward the center of this black hole it's so large that we're, we're, we're probably going to be okay it, you know given given the speed that you said it was we were going into it right and and if if the situation were like it is now where we aren't aware of any intelligent life outside earth let alone the solar system so we're certainly not communicating with anyone i i will stand on that fact and let let the letters come but uh, <laughs> if that was the case then it's like, well, you're inside the black hole, so you can no longer communicate with anyone outside the black hole. But if you never met anyone outside the black hole anyway, you'd be like, well. But, that's but fine. even if they had sent a signal, we uh, would can, we yeah. would still get it. Right. But we can't reply to anybody. So I mean we could reply, but we we they just won't get the reply. But again, it might be that they're so far away anyway, because the speed of light is actually rather slow on cosmological scales. It, you know. We, we, we're probably not going to be waiting around for uh, for for an answer anyway, whether or not we'd be swallowed around, swallowed in the black hole. We'd be expecting that answer perhaps to be received by our descendants, right? And right. Uh, and uh, uh, but it, you know, once we'd fallen into the black hole, then indeed they they would not have gotten out. Right. Uh, so good news for the SETI program, Seth Shostak and yeah, Jill Tarter and company. On. They can continue their work. <laughs> and so, yeah, don't stop donating to SETI. Right. Keep that champagne, right? Because it might be that just before right. everything gets destroyed, we, we, we can't handle the conditions anymore. We right. receive a signal. Right. Yeah, right. Oh, yes, we were right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can actually watch that signal go past you all the way down into the singularity. <laughs> Whoa. So what I like to do at the end is, Super fast forward. So we hit the high speed button. Hmm. What do we see as this progresses? I don't know. Your wow. guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yes. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I think that wow. um, if we stick with the classical and, in my opinion, probably needs severely correcting picture from Einstein's gravity, sure, there will be a point at which you know, we, we approach incredibly, in, incredibly high tidal effects. Uh, things start stretching and being destroyed by the intense gravitational tidal effects. And eventually, you know, we get ripped apart. When you say we don't know kind of how, I don't know if you can put odds on it or a percentage. It's like, you know, I'm 50% sure, in other words, that things will go as we think they will. Or is it 10%? You know, 
is the math sort of like we have absolutely no idea. So it really is 100% sure that we don't know what would I happen. Do, I don't even know what the parameters would be to allow me to think about how to estimate the odds. It, we uh-huh, really right. don't know. We, we I mean, really don't know. There, you know, we haven't had a, a single shred of guidance about what happens inside a black hole. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, guidance experimentally, we, uh, you know, uh, the guidance has all been from looking at the solution of the equations on the, uh, on, on the page. Now you could go, well, everything that the black hole solution on the page has told us about the exterior of a black hole has been spectacularly confirmed by observation. So why would we not believe the interior? And so if you take that perspective, then you go, well, sure, that, you know, the odds are high that it's right. But I think this is different because it is this one way, it is this one way barrier, the horizon, the, you know, the, the, the marker between the exterior and the interior. There are fundamental things that we know about the rest of science, the rest of physics that says that one-way barriers are a problem. So, so it's possible that everything that Einstein's equations tell us about what's past that one-way barrier could need modification. And given that the, the, the rest of physics that I'm talking about that doesn't like one-way barriers is all of quantum physics, which is even more spectacularly confirmed and and verified than than the exterior of black holes. I, I, I would put my money on the quantum stuff winning out and telling us that the whole interior is different in some way. Put my, but, wow. I, but I wouldn't be able to give you odds. It's amazing. It's amazing. And anything we're ever able to learn to, to, to sort of observe about a black hole, we, we might you know, hopefully someday get uh, satellites which can orbit a black hole outside the event horizon and all that. But the most we'll ever get is information from things that just skirt the yeah. outside. Yes, but yeah, here's the exciting thing. Oh, so um, let's go back to LIGO, the results of gravitational waves, telling us about the collision of black holes. So what happens when these two black holes collide? They don't bounce off each other. What happens is that they merge and form a single black hole. Well, and so this is really interesting because what this means is that we have some process by which you have two separate horizons which approach each other as the black holes and they spiral in. That spiraling in is indeed the signal that the ripples in space-time that's produced by that spiraling in is what we detect here on Earth now, the light right. with, the, with the gravitational wave direct detectors. Then the black holes merge, and then there's a, there's a, there's a moment where the single object then is, is settling down, and, and, uh, and, and, and it's still radiating stuff. And that's what's called the ring down phase after the black hole merges. And we, we watch that as well in these signals. And by, again, when I say we, I mean, you know, the field at large of theoretical, right. so theoretical observational physics are interested in this. 
it is possible that you know something extraordinary is happening. You're getting two horizons and making one horizon. <laughs> something happens, right, when these things merge. So if there is physics, if there's completely new physics that is that is happening just inside the horizon of a black hole, it seems to me and perhaps to others that there's a little bit of a window of opportunity here whereby when you merge two black holes to form a new horizon, something about that physics imprints itself on the stuff that gets radiated out that we can see. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that it's not that this is an unknown, this is a known unknown that could remain unknown forever because you could never, ever go inside and tell anyone. It might be that there is some... uh signal of that interior structure that can that can imprint itself on the the, the dynamics of these two black holes merging and forming a new black hole right. and so i i'm excited by the possibility that this is a whole new window black hole physics and maybe even if we're lucky a little bit of a hint as to what happens inside a black hole in some sense and wow. and you yeah. know in the next in the next um, several years, but still a relatively small number of years, we're going to get many, many more of those kinds of signals from many more of these merger events. Yeah. So there's a possibility that maybe some non-Einstein physics, some physics beyond what Einstein's equations told us, may imprint itself on some of this stuff. And we, have, we may discover a whole new, a whole new kind of uh, physics to, to understand. It's incredible. I mean, it's sort of like... Uh Sounds a little bit too like the opposite end of the scale, <laughs> but like a atom smasher, like a particle collider, but yep. they're black holes. You get exactly. to smash together and see. That's exactly what it is. And you know, what? a lot of physics is a lot of physics is organized this way. You learn new stuff by by taking things and smashing them together. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's really yeah. juvenile, but it's actually <laughs> extremely productive. <laughs> Yeah, why not? You know, you got to bang the rock to break the rock to see what's right. inside. And, and happily, na nature seems to be banging these rocks together for us. And so yeah. we just build better and better devices that can really look and see what, what comes out. Wow. Wow. And again, I'll just, I'll, I'll end with the image of, so for instance, the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy that you can look at, we see every picture of the galaxy, you're going to see that, or other galaxies, you're going to see the black hole at the center well, of that you, galaxy. You, you see the effects of it on the stars that are in the core of those galaxies. Right, yes. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can look at the center of that, the dark circle at the center of that image, and say, we have absolutely, it's not even like we have no idea what's going on, like we may not know what's going on at the bottom of the ocean in some part of the ocean that we just haven't visited yet. It's not a matter of not having visited that. We have absolutely no concept of what the, it's another, it, it's another realm. It's another, we have lots of concepts. Um, we have no way right now of testing. Ah, yeah. Which is just a refined way of saying we've no idea. But, right, right, right. but, but, you know, so in fact, there, if anything, there are too many. Good ideas, but no, uh, no way of selecting, yeah. no way of selecting amongst them. And I should say again, that's about the interior. The, the flip side of this is that we are getting so much better. We're learning so much more about the exterior of black holes. There's, mm. uh, the, the, the event horizon telescope project, 
which you may have heard of, is actually, you know, gearing up to actually get us a snapshot of a black hole for the first. Time. Oh, I don't know about it. It's a, oh, oh, well, this is, is this a NASA thing? Look, this, is a, this is this is an everybody thing, uh-huh. um, which uh-huh. is you know, this is why science is fantastic. The entire world is collaborating on making effectively the biggest telescope that has ever been built. Well, not by building this massive telescope, but by combining many, many telescopes all over the Earth ones that exist now and some to come, combining them and using them in concert to make what would then be effectively, you know, a huge telescope with with much better resolving power. And the project is to literally form an image of the event horizon of a a supermassive black hole in, in, uh, in, in, you know, not too many years to come. So look that up, wow. the, the Event Horizon project. It's super exciting. Wow. And that will give us huge amounts of information. But again, this is all about the outside yep. of black holes. Yeah. And, and, the, and the vast unknowns I've been talking about has been to do with the inside wow. of uh, black holes. Do we know which? Is, is it going to be the one in the Milky Way? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be the closest. Well, um, uh, I, I, it won't just be. I, I think uh, it, would, it would be neglectful not to also... Uh, use that same apparatus to study neighboring galaxies um, like Andromeda, right. et cetera, that also have supermassive black holes. And in fact, you, you know, for some kinds of the imaging, it's even though the center of our galaxy is closer, um, there's more junk in the way because we're in it. That's what I was so yeah. sometimes it, it, looking out towards other galaxies can get you more information about it. It depends. They're, 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 as I understand it, they're doing all of those things. Wow, that's cool. Right, we shouldn't be galactocentric. Exactly. Other galaxies are. Uh, other galaxies are available, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just waiting for your call. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Earth, how can I help you? Reveal your secrets, please. Well, I don't know, you may, you may want to subscribe to our services. We can provide you that. Clifford, this is amazing. This has been great. I, I mean, I just love that we had a, it was a gentle scenario. Yeah, this was fun. You know, doom in the future, but doom is in the future for everybody anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the universe is, at, you know, at, at core, fundamentally, very, very violent and destructive place from which wonderful things emerge. Uh, wonderful creation happens within this discru- destruction. We happen to live in a, in a relatively safe, quiet corner of a very violent universe. And um, it, is, it is interesting sometimes to imagine if, you know, some of these exciting scenarios that happen elsewhere in the universe happen near here. And, and indeed, one of the reasons I think your show is wonderful is to, is to play with some of these ideas. I'm, of, of, of what you do with this show by oh, playing with ideas in this way. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind of you. Uh, you saying that just like blew my, my mind, completely froze. Event horizon shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it, it's a great, it was a great honor to have you. It's so much fun. Is, uh, my mind is reeling with imagination. My imagination is real. See, I don't even speak English anymore. <laughs> Thank you all out there for listening. I hope you also enjoyed this every bit as much as I did. Clifford's fantastic. I hope we get to have you back another time in the future. 
email us with your thoughts. I would love to know what you think about anything, but in particular about this episode. That'd be nice. What what about black holes? Was there something you thought you knew about black holes that you then realized after tonight's show? Oh, that's not true. Was there a particular thing that we talked about that made you wonder and want to know a lot more about? You can email us, feedback at whattheif.com. Send us anything. Hello. And by the way, if we read your letter, your letter, your e-letter on the, on the air, we will give you a shout out if you like. And if you send us an idea for a what the if scenario, you will be granted master ifer status. And we will send you, as I'm going to send you, for Johnson, oh. a finger puppet what? of a, one of the world's great scientists ah. from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, makers of fine, funny toys for smart people. Fantastic. Smart, funny toys for smart, funny people. Uh-huh. Like Philosophersguild.com. Uh, yeah, some friends of mine over there. Um, oh, wow. Game, I, and, and scientists or science fiction characters. Oh, you don't know. You don't know who it is. It's a random thing. It's coming. Coming for you. If you haven't already, if you've been listening to this and you've just been listening on the web or this is your first time checking in, I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. You can also just go to our website, whattheif.com. You can hear all of our episodes there. In fact, a number of the subjects that came up tonight, in fact, they come up every night, referred. There's more about those different things in a bunch of other episodes. And follow us on Twitter at What The If Show. At What The If Show is our name. Go to our website, whattheif.com, and then follow me on Twitter, what, at What The If Show. We share all kinds of science stories, science oddities, beautiful pictures. People seem to enjoy the beautiful pictures the most. I can't, uh, can't complain about that. Here's the last thing. Please... And Clifford, you've already done this. You left us a wonderful review. It was super helpful. If you, listener, even if you're not listening on an Apple device, go to iTunes. And if you could just click on some stars, I recommend five stars. It's a good choice. If you can do six and carve another extra star in there, that's pretty awesome. Go for it. If you also want to take an extra moment and write a few words, what you think of the show, how you enjoy it. That's fantastic. It really helps us. iTunes is kind of the only and the central source of all reviews that appear. They're just other services just pulled from iTunes. So that'd be wonderful. Next week, I have no idea where we're going to go. I mean, the universe beckons. But I do know, and I don't know if if you've heard, if you remember at the end of some of our shows, Clifford, we can't help but scream with shock and horror about what might happen when we scream what the if the <laughs> yes what the if yes <laughs>